What supplements do you take, Dr. Allo? There isn't a single day that goes by that I don't get this question on one of my socials. The short answer, if you don't want to listen to the rest of this, is I don't take any. Now, obviously, there's some nuance. Like, what do you consider a supplement? For example, in the United States, we generally, and probably most of the modern world, generally don't get enough sun. You are indoors all the time. It's 72 and fluorescent all day, every day, all different times of the year. So we don't get enough sun. So if you don't get enough sun, you definitely need some vitamin D. I'm not telling you to take this. Please get it checked. If you have a known vitamin deficiency, deficiency, that's when you should take a vitamin. Now, the data on the United States population is that we don't lack anything in our diet, right? That's the biggest problem. We are mostly overweight. 80% of the country is overweight. 40% is obese. Children are catching up now about 20% uh, overweight and or obese in children aged 5 to 19. So the American diet doesn't lack a lot. We are overfed, not underfed. So we don't have a lack of micronutrients, vitamins, minerals, iron, you know, selenium, magnesium, zinc, whatever. We we eat too much of everything. And, and especially all of those foods, all of the foods that we eat generally contain most of that stuff. Now, if you're on a really restrictive diet that you're eating, like, for example, only Pop-Tarts all day, every day, that could be an issue. Or if you're eating only red meat, all day, every day, that could be an issue. Or if you're eating only salmon all day, every day, that could be an issue. You get the idea. If you're on a very restrictive diet where you're not getting enough of most things, or like it's not a very varied diet, you don't have a lot of variety in your diet, that could be a problem. I know Peter Atia and a few other people were like, well, here's all the supplements that I take, or here's all the medications that I take. You know, he's one single person and he has a different set of chronic disease states and medical conditions than you do. So don't consider this medical advice. I'm not telling you not to take your medications and take supplements. I don't believe most humans need to take supplements. If you have a known deficiency, you absolutely need to take that. But it needs to be checked. But not this nonsense. There's all these like, functional medicine, chiropractic, natural garbage. They're like, let me check a RBC this and some fancy type of magnesium that and some super fancy potassium garbage. You don't need any of that. Those people are testing you in a way that makes them money. Your test comes back abnormal and they're like, oh, well, guess what? I got a magnesium supplement here, right, baby? And they give you their, you know, $50 a month magnesium supplement. Now you're on their like monthly subscription or whatever it's called. I, I'm not a big fan of that. I don't think you should make up nonsense tests to give people stuff they don't need. I could literally design so many tests and be like, oh, you're low in vitamin D and you're low in magnesium and you're low in this and selenium and zinc and oxide. Here's cardio, Dr. Aloe, super supplement, super multivitamin. That's a bunch of nonsense, but I'd probably make a lot of money. Um, but I'm not here to lie to you. And I'm not here to sell you nonsense, right? I could probably make millions. And literally every day in my message box, if you go to my inbox uh, on my various uh, accounts and even in my email, there's supplement companies like, hey, we'll design this designer you know, blend for you. And it's probably going to contain nothing, but it's going to just have my name and picture on it and sell you a bunch of nothing. But that does happen. There's plenty of doctors that do that. And I believe that's unethical. 
maybe we'll get into that in the next uh, podcast. How do you sell supplements ethically versus unethically? It's a good topic, actually. So back to supplements. So me personally, I don't take anything. My LDL cholesterol was not where I wanted it, so I take Crestor and Zetia. They're low doses. My LDL currently is like 41, maybe 44. My ApoB is also probably that low too. And it's on like super low doses. I don't consider those supplements. Those are FDA regulated. They're medications. Supplements are not FDA regulated at all. What you are taking may not contain anything. So please keep that in mind. One of the reasons why I don't recommend supplements is because you have no idea what you are putting in your mouth. And there have been tons of studies that have shown that what it says on the bottle does not always correlate at all with what is inside. In fact, one of the studies, I remember this from residency, actually, we did a journal club on it. God, this was a long time ago. But it was like they went to Walgreens, Walmart, Vitamin Shop, you know, all these places, grabbed everything off the shelf and tested it. 95% of the supplements did not contain the correct dose or the... uh or, or contained other substances that were not listed on the bottle or didn't contain the substance at all. So 95% of supplements did not have in it either the correct thing, were contaminated, had other things in it, or not at the right dose, or didn't contain anything at all. Which is uh, obviously unethical. I mean, that's just wrong. So that's why I'm not a huge fan of supplements. But, but there are supplements that are third-party tested and if you really need like vitamin D, the good thing is we can give you vitamin D as a supplement. You know, it's actually a prescription. Sorry, I don't mean a supplement. We can give it to you as a prescription. It actually comes in a prescription form and you can get it as a prescription. Highly prefer that to taking unregulated, unsubstantiated, unknown substances. Now, I will tell you that I take what I call the three eens, okay? You're like, Dr. Allo, you're crazy. No, I'm not crazy. There are a few substances that we know that are called uh, ergo, ergo calcific or ergonomics. I forgot the word. Ergo, uh, shoot, let me think of it. Um, give me a second here. It's uh, ergo, ergogenic, something like that. Yeah, I think the word I'm looking for is ergogenic. So these are substances that are promoting muscle building or like promoting improving your workout, your performance, whatever. The number one is caffeine. Over the history, over time, absolutely, without question, caffeine can enhance and improve your workouts. You will work out harder, work out stronger, work out better, longer, be more awake during your workouts, be more aroused, you know, excited, you know, adrenaline and pumping, whatever. That's why a lot of pre-workouts actually uh, contain a lot of caffeine because it kind of gets you going, right? That's the whole idea behind pre-workout. The other one that is proven without a shadow of a doubt to work. And these are not even the ones that I care that much about. But the other one that's proven without a shadow of a doubt that actually works, that is also ergogenic, is creatine. We have mountains of evidence now showing that creatine helps with muscle building. You get, It gives your ATP back. If you guys know how like cellular biology works, I'm assuming my audience is super smart. Um, there's this thing called ATP, which is kind of like the energy unit of each cell. When you deplete that phosphate, you go to ADP, adenosine diphosphate, instead of triphosphate, it gives you the phosphate back. That's what creatine does, so that you're able to do one more rep, one more set, lift one more pound, you know, what have you. It gives you a little bit more like oomph in your workouts. 
super well tested, super well tolerated. Humans already have it, but we just don't have enough of it. You'd have to eat a lot of meat to fill your stores of it. But even then, it's really, really hard to do. So almost everyone in the bodybuilding industry, or if you're trying to get bigger, stronger, or whatever, generally takes uh, creatine. Now, the nice thing about it is once your body is kind of loaded up with it, you don't need to do much. If you, you can either go through a loading phase where you take a bunch of it for three, four, five days a week, or you can just let yourself load slowly over a month. You take three to six milligrams. I think it's grams, actually. A day, they come in capsules or a powder. Personally, I don't like the powder because it's uh, it doesn't dissolve. It's like really chalky. So I don't really like it. So I just take the pills. Um, you just take two or three pills a day. I think that puts you at like this three to five, maybe six gram mark. And it repletes, fills up your muscles with this, uh, you know, the phosphate, the creatine that's necessary to give phosphates back when you are working out hard and need it. So those are two creatine and uh, and caffeine. So those are the two enes. There's one more ene, which is the most important ene of all, and that is protein. You know, protein, caffeine, creatine. So protein is by far the most important. The one way that you're going to build muscle, get stronger, is you need to make sure you're getting enough protein. We recommend about one gram per pound of body weight, per pound of lean body weight. So if you are lean, you know, the, at 160 pounds, but you weigh 200 currently, you need about 160 grams or like 180, you know, somewhere in there. You, you can't go, there, there's almost no like upper limit. They've tested people who you take like four grams per pound and 2.2 grams per kilogram. And, you know, they've tried all different kinds of ways to see if it hurts your kidneys, if it has other adverse effects for the general population. Most people, if you eat about one to 1.6 grams per pound of lean body mass, you will do fine. You'll get enough protein. Another way to think about it is like, what do I want to weigh? Let's say, let's say you're in a cut. You're 240 pounds. You really should weigh about 160, let's say. Then you need about 160 grams of protein a day, 160 to 180. Just use a range. Women, it's a little bit less. But, but in general, somewhere between 0.7 up to 1.6 grams per pound of lean body mass or target weight, let's say. You want to weigh 120 pounds, you need 120 grams, basically. So that's kind of the, the three that I take. On and off, sometimes if I, during the winter, I'll take some vitamin D here and there. Three to 5,000 units a day. Not really that important. I eat salmon quite a bit and fish and shrimp and all that kind of stuff. So I don't think fish oil is really that necessary. The data for fish oil kind of goes back and forth. Not a super big fan. Um, if you really want it, have at it. There are studies that are starting to link like DHA with brain function and whatnot. Um, Maybe we'll do an entire podcast on that. I'm not an expert in that field, so I probably won't dive that deep into it. But from a lipid standpoint and a heart standpoint, the official studies go back and forth. Not a big fan. If you if you have really high triglycerides and we've tried everything else, it can't. It does actually help with that. So there is a special use scenario there. But like I said, basically I take no supplements. Caffeine is my cup or two of coffee a day, sometimes a third one. Um, it's a coffee. I don't really consider that a supplement. Creatine, I used to take when I was like doing more like heavy into bodybuilding, like a year or two ago. Actually, about maybe like a year, a year ago, I used to take them. I still have the capsules. I probably start back up again at some point. Uh, and then protein. I make sure I get enough protein every day, whether you're getting it through 
eating chicken, salmon, whatever, however you get your protein, some people, tofu, you know, however you get it. Um, and then I add protein, whey protein. Obviously, whey protein is a powder. You add it to whatever water or your drink or whatever, and you can consume it. Now, there is proteins in all different flavors. Some are unflavored. You can add it to a pancake mix. Some are vanilla flavored. You can also add it to a pancake mix. If you add it to milk, there's more calories. I add it to water. Most of the newer blends are not clumpy or chalky, and they taste like fantastic. There's a Fruity Pebble one that tastes amazing. I prefer Delicious Strawberry by Optimum Nutrition. It just tastes amazing. They, the thing I like about it is the capfuls are so small. Like one small capful is the 30 grams of protein that you're getting. A lot of them have these big, huge scoops that are like super chalky and full of fillers and all this. And they sell you this big five pound tub, but it's like 35 servings where a five pound tub of Optimum Nutrition is like 73 or 72 servings, something like that. So literally, those are the only supplements that I take and they're not even really supplements. So not a huge fan of supplements. Obviously, if you have a vitamin deficiency or you're about to get pregnant, you need to be on prenatal vitamins, obviously. You know, we're not trying to tell you not to do that. But based on the evidence and the science that I'm aware of, this is all you need, folks. Women do need calcium because of the osteoporosis concerns. You do need vitamin D, almost all of us, probably. But other than that, not really doing a whole lot. Some caffeine, some protein creatine every once in a while maybe and that's about it so if you like this podcast share it with your friends give me some awesome reviews and we will catch up in the next episode i do talk about these podcast episodes in my community you are welcome to join that if you would like to uh, continue this conversation further i'll catch you in the next episode peace peace